Welcome to Get Rich Without Being a Bitch. This is the place to hear real and raw conversations about what it takes for female entrepreneurs to achieve financial success and live a rich life. I'm Vanessa Shaw, author of The Million Dollar Question and your hostess for this podcast. Yay, Megan Conter. This is round two. I forgot to hit the record button the first time around. And I'm so glad that we hadn't like, dived straight in the middle and were sharing all the goodies. We were sharing some good stuff, but we're about to share it again. Because today on the Get Rich Without Being a Bitch podcast, I have Megan Conter, CEO and founder of The Dames, which is a community for six and seven figure businesswomen who frankly are up to really big, cool stuff in their businesses and their lives. And Megan Conter is leading that community of women to really change the conversation around how networking needs to be done, how collaborating needs to be done, and frankly, how we can really build successful communities to lift us up. So we're gonna be diving into that. Uh, but then on a personal note, Megan, I'm just really excited about our conversation because you know, you and I, like, we, we kind of had this instant fall in love with one another. And I actually think it's, I think it's testimony actually to kind of like the, the topic of the podcast, right? Is that, you know, women can be amazing allies together, amazing power partners, amazing collaboration partners. You know, we don't have to be so guarded um, in the way that we operate. And I know that you and I, we met through a mutual friend. I was speaking at an event, one of your besties for a long time bestie who happened to be in the audience and said to me, you must, must, must meet my friend, Megan, because you're kind of talking the same language. And yeah, I've been telling quite a few people that you're kind of my, my new business bestie. And I'm very proud to say that. <laughs> so yes. welcome. Me too. I'm proud to wear that badge. And I'll say it's also a testament to what you and I are teaching in the dames. It's a testament to the more strategic you are, the more clear you are about who you're wanting to meet. Your friend could be in the audience and find your next business bestie and bring her right to you. And because you were clear, you get this beautifully wrapped British accented gorgeous redhead delivered right to you. That's like your perfect person to be connected to. So it's definitely a testament to everything. I love it. It is, it is true. It is true. And I, I remember that day I was really speaking about my passion for supporting women in business and changing that conversation. And as you say, when it's clear like that, you never know who's sitting there. But let's let's just take a little bit of a, a trip down memory lane. And, yeah. you know, like what, why did you create the Dames in the first place? Because I know from personal experience, when I came to the States, I networked my little bottom off, as we would say in English, to get my business off the ground. Uh, I kissed an awful lot of freg, freg, fregs, frogs even, frogs. frogs. Um, I kissed a lot of those and, you know, a lot of trial and error. And then honestly, I gave up networking after a while. I was like, it got my business off the ground, but it felt so draining, um, exhausting, a waste of time. Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden I heard about, well, Megan Conter's doing something different and that's why you need to chat with her. So yeah, what, what, what was your perspective on why you created this? Yes. So 2009, I started my business and started networking right away. It was definitely something that I was just introduced to off the bat and I hadn't done it much when I was in corporate America. So as soon as I became this entrepreneur and I was excited and I knew this is what I wanted to do, I would go to these networking events and for years up till about 2013, yeah, it was about 2013, 
I would network morning, noon, and night. I, you know, this will come back later in our conversation, I'm sure, but I like to say that I became a professional wine drinker and a professional coffee drinker because, you know, there was the morning coffee drinks. Totally, totally get it. You had to go to the networking event and drink a bottle or a bottle. Yeah, sometimes, but, you know, glass of wine to fit in at the end of the day. So I just networked all the time and I amassed a lot of business cards and a lot of connections and a lot of friends and, you know, really not a lot else. And it didn't even hit me until I joined a business mastermind in 2013. Um, And as part of that process, I realized how much time I was spending doing this networking that was fruitless. Mm. And that, you know, while it was great because it was a place for me to be social, it was a place for me to have a social life and to meet new business friends. I had no strategic approach to the way I was doing networking. And I was draining energy and time and money because I was spending so much time there. So I decided to completely stop networking for almost 18 months. I said, all right, I've got to just put a tourniquet on this, stop the bleeding and figure out what I need to do. And that's what led me to really create what we use now in the dames, which is the power partner system and transform from what I call old networking to new networking of getting rid of that concept of business card stabbing, going to networking events because you're being predator or prey, just trying to hunt for those end clients and creating a lot of nothing really because of that to this situation where you get super clear on who it is that you serve and therefore who your power partners are as secondary. And you start getting connected to these power partners who become golden geese for your business. They're laying multiple golden eggs over time because you're building long-term strategic relationships with them. So in that process of stopping networking and revamping the way that I networked, that was what was a lot of the impetus to start the dames. Not to mention I was getting really tired of networking with the brand new business owners and the multi-level marketing people who while they need places to network, it wasn't what I was wanting or needing. I needed my peers and my mentors. And so that was the other impetus for starting the dames have a very special place for this woman who's growing her six or seven figure business to go and feel like she can really be amongst her peers. Yeah. And it's so true. I mean, obviously I am so grateful that you created it because it's, you know, becoming part of my business now as well. Right. Um, but I, I do agree with you. I mean, that was exactly my experiences that everybody was trying to pitch to me. Uh, you know, I also had the added benefit, let's say, of being new in town. So I was new, didn't know how things worked. Red hair tends to stand out a little bit. And of course, the accent as well. So <laughs> there were, there were, you know, perhaps I was just like, I was just, you know, great fodder for everybody. But that was exactly my experience. And, you know, as I say, I was probably a little bit more strategic. So it was enough to kind of get the business off the ground. But I also knew, just like you said, that this was just demoralizing. It was draining. And then the conversations, which I think is a really important part of this is, you know, we have to have conversations with people that are at the same level as us and they get it and or above us, right? So, but if you, which was what happened to me, if you're constantly the one that's, you're in the room and you feel like you're the most advanced, I mean, A, it gives you a warped version of what kind of being successful in business can even look like. It's kind of, you've got no, you know, where to expand your own mindset. 
Um, and then I honestly, like you, I was just fed up with the conversations. I don't want to keep having a conversation about where's my next client coming from, which is a very important conversation when we're starting out. But, you know, multiple years into it, we can't be having that conversation. Actually, just as a little funny side note, I mean, and this kind of, I think, really speaks to this because I actually got off a call with somebody else that we just touch base once in a while, very similar level in business. And we just do a, hey, let's just catch up, grab a coffee kind of over Zoom as we do nowadays and just throw around a few ideas. What are you working on? What do you need help with? And it's basically kind of power partner stuff, right? That's your master power partner. It's totally power partner. You know, what are you working on? What do you need help with right now? I wanted to brainstorm a little something with her. She kind of gave me a couple of good pointers, resources. She was diving into something. I said, oh my gosh, I have the perfect introduction for you, which I will be making after we've you know, finished our podcast today. But here was one of the pieces that we started to talk about. And I think it speaks to that, you know, really surrounding yourself with people that really get you at that level. We were kind of geeking out on streamlining and organizing and optimizing our businesses because yep. again, we've just been doing this for a long time. And then the kind of side comment was we just both happened to have like gone through home renovations recently. And I threw out this comment of, oh my gosh, like you should see my kitchen. It's just like so like gorgeous. And the, the organization, it's so streamlined and everything just looks perfect in the right place. And I said, that's exactly what I want my business looking like. That's what we're working on like this first quarter. And she's like, oh my gosh, like I totally get, you know, I totally get what you're saying. It's kind of like, you know, right. exactly what I want for my business. But it comes back to, right, we're, we're in a similar game, similar level. If I was having that conversation with somebody else, right, that's early starting out, frankly, they could think I'm insane, right? Or, you know. Yeah, it wouldn't be the same conversation at all. And so if you think about that, when you walk into 90% of the networking events out there, whether it's online or offline, doesn't matter, you would never know who to talk to because you would have to sift through all of these different people to try to find that person. But when you come into the dames, you get to declare who it is that you want to know. And you say, look, this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a power partner who's going to be my mastermind buddy. There's someone who's at a similar stage of business with, you know, let's say the same amount of employees, relatively same amount of revenue, maybe a totally different industry. I would like to meet with those kinds of women. Great. We'll match you up with them. You don't have to go sifting through 400 plus names in a directory to try to find them, which is part of the inefficiency of traditional networking, you know, the old way of networking. Totally. You can be yeah. matched up with those strategic partners. Boom. Now you get to go to the actual good juicy stuff of building a relationship. Right. And I've had so many experiences. I mean, again, we, you, we could honestly just do a whole episode on this, but you know, right. I, I remember going to groups, you know, networking, cause that was all I knew how to do and kind of, I'm good at, you know, can keep a conversation going. Right. Even if, and especially when it gets tedious, which is not necessarily the good skill set to have. Right. Um, right. But again, perhaps that's my British politeness, right? I don't always exit out of it because I can feel myself, no, I shouldn't. It's not polite. Anyway, I digress. But I remember going again to groups where nobody, people were saying, yeah, you should connect with these people, but the connections weren't being made for me, right? So again, it wasn't strategic. It was a kind of like, it was almost like a, an approach of, 
yeah, there's somebody over there that can show you the ropes, hold your hand, right? Which was a nice enough effort. And frankly, Megan, the majority of groups I was going into completely as a stranger, trying to find out more about the, the audience, right? The membership. Mm-hmm. And most times, if I'm going to be super honest about it, getting a very inflated version yep. of the members and the businesses, because then later on down the road, I would find that no, 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 right? These, these two didn't line up. And so that was, again, what I love about the Danes is the fact that, you know, it's really important that we've got this qualifier that mm-hmm. you've got to be at a certain financial level. And I know a lot of women that I speak to about it, they're like, oh my gosh, thank goodness. Because yes. we know 100%. it's not about being elitist, but it's like, we cha- you know, there's a conversation that is relevant at that level. Precisely. That's so, exactly right. With that in mind, where I want to go to next with this is because I am really, really curious. I mean, you're getting close to like 400 members. Yes. And this year, the goal is to really double that, I believe, mm-hmm. get to about 800. Um, frankly, the way like things are going right now, it's totally going to happen. I am curious, though. What is it like leading a community of ambitious, dynamic, fairly headstrong women, 400 of them nationally and some internationally kind of what are some of the challenges like behind the scenes challenges around that and frankly some of the skills that you've had to learn in order to be able to be more you know competent and proficient well what I'm really thankful for is in my journey as an entrepreneur the experiences that I've had of going from especially corporate America into being an entrepreneur When I was in corporate, I experienced a lot of women with their claws out trying to like knock each other off the ladder and get each other out of the way so that we could scramble for the top. And just a lot of vindictive behavior and just quite frankly, a lot of bitchy behavior, like what you've titled this podcast. That's what I experienced myself. And it was very different when I came into the world of being an entrepreneur. And so from the very beginning, you know, we've really created this loving, love is our second top value at the Dames, loving environment that brings women into a space where they feel appreciated. They feel welcomed. They feel, oh my, okay, okay, I belong here. Like this is, this is good for me. And I think that that, that competitiveness, what I deal with a lot is helping women transform from that idea of competitive being, having to be competitive to collaborating and It's talked about a lot. It's a lot of buzzwords, but there's a lot that has to go on in a woman's mindset to really be trusting that that is possible. So I'm honored that I get to be at the helm and I get to teach that as a lesson. It's personal growth. And I always say that we're only going to grow as much professionally as we do personally. So for me, I show up by doing exactly what I tell other people to do. You do the same thing. We both know that we have to grow ourselves personally and get past our own personal thresholds so that we can then show up fully professionally. And I think that that's what a lot of women in this group are needing to do. So I'm experiencing things like, you know, I remember last year I took several things personally and I realized at the end of the year, man, when I'm running this group with thousands and tens of thousands of members, I can't possibly be taking it personally when someone comes to me and says, oh my gosh, do you know what this woman did? She did this. And I can't solve all those problems. Neither can my team. 
So I even learned last year to turn that question back on to them and say, oh, I wonder, you know, what is it that you're going to do about that situation? So, you know, there is drama that happens. There is, you know, those, there, there is sometimes things that you would expect in a community of women, but a vast majority of time I'm in awe and getting to see women's having these light bulbs moments going off where they're like, holy cow, everything that I need is right here. This was an ecosystem created specifically for me, specifically for what I need right now at this stage, at this time for me in my life, in my business. And when they realize that and they see and they fully engage and they let that, they let themselves go through that transformation arc that we've really created for them, this watching them be able to collaborate and enlarge their footprint and really catapult double, triple their business while also doubling and tripling the time that they're taking off. All of these things are happening in coincidence. And at the same time as I'm having these transformations in my life and you are in yours and Mm -hmm. Shannon is in hers and Sally is in hers. And we're able to talk about these things in a way that's so real and vulnerable that I'm like, I, I pinch myself almost every day to say, wow, is this really happening? Are these shares and these vulnerabilities and these women really able to trust themselves and others more every day? And the answer is yes. And it's just, oh, I love it. It's very special. I mean, you know, I I say to everyone, I mean, obviously, you know, in full transparency on the podcast, for those of you listening, and if you don't know, I'm actually, I so believe in this community and the vision that Megan's got that I became chapter president of the Phoenix and Scottsdale chapter. And we're close to about 50 members right there. And also with a goal to double this year. And I, I said to you, Megan, like that the Dames is my happy place. Um, yeah. And it's, it really is. It's that sort of, you know, and I, you know, there's t- days when I have a bit of a Dames day because it's like, you know, yes, I'm looking at my the membership and who can I serve? Or I've got calls for people that are interested in, in joining that community or, you know, I might be on a training with you or, you know, I'm leading a train. I think I've got one coming up next week. So like those Danes days or, you know, a few hours that I might get are like a really happy time. Um, and again, a very, very different experience for what many women have experienced. And certainly my own personal experience as well with, you know, previously, um, my, I didn't have a corporate background, but my background was in, you know, United Nations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back in Switzerland, you know, it seems like a completely different life for me now. But, you know, I worked for women. There were times when, you know, I did have female bosses. And unfortunately, I can't say it was a pleasant experience. Um, you know, and I can think of several, you know, immediate, you know, communities that I was involved with, again, where it really wasn't this, it wasn't a pleasant experience and it didn't feel safe, right? It didn't feel safe to share. And it wasn't safe, wasn't it? It simply wasn't safe, right? To share goals, to talk about, money to talk about right the challenges and we'll come to some of the money stuff in a minute without worrying that you know you were going to feel judged or that it was going to eke out you know into places that you wouldn't want it eking out so I think you know again I just want to give you a massive kudos because it is you've created something magical and I love what you say there as well which is such a lesson for everybody listening in and women that are leading organizations you know, we've all had like frustrating, bad experiences of leadership. And it comes down to exactly what you said. We've got to work on ourselves first, right? It's like, 
that which you want to create in the world, you have got to work on that for yourself. You've got to look at where are you not that? You yep. Know? We have to look at our shadows and the things that are our shortcomings and, and grow in those places before, before we can expect anybody else outside of us to do it. Totally. Right. And again, that's, I know that that's been a massive part of the success of this community is because you are one of the rare, my friend, I might add, like leading really by example. Um, and you, and you do it so well and, and so naturally and you're very transparent as well as to the things that you're working on, right? It's not, you're not doing it from a, oh, I've got this all figured out kind of approach, but more a, hey, I've been really struggling with something, but I've kind of figured some things out and I want to share it. Yeah, I weave it into the education pieces that I do on our Colorado events. I do videos on it. It's, and every single time I share a part of my story and the limitations that I'm working through, I get women who reach out to me and say, thank you so much for sharing. I you know, I've been going through something similar and this just gave me the courage to take the next step. Or, you know, it was just so good to hear your story echoed in something I've been experiencing. Making that relatable for the other people in our community, that's what, that's what creates belonging. Totally. Let's go there. So that's where I kind of want to go into, because as you say, sharing story, and we often talk a little about money stories on this podcast. So, you know, what have been some of those, you know, yeah, what was kind of like the backstory that you've been having to rewrite and some of those pivotal moments in your own journey where you've had key breakthroughs? Because again, you don't get to run a community of like four, nearly 400 women and aspire to doubling it, right? Without having had a few breakdowns and a few breakthroughs along the way. That's right. It's so true. So I love how on this podcast, how your first episode or one of your first, you shared your money story. And there have been workshops that I've gone to and, you know, different coaches I've worked with to work through a lot of this stuff because it is important and it does limit us from being our greatness. Uh, and so there were just a few points along the line that I've realized where I had these big ahas and definitely did crush through you, as you say, the next uh, temperature on the thermometer. You know, yep. you have to crush through those thresholds that you get to. And so I started my business in the recession and I call those the, the ramen years because it was just struggling. I was struggling a lot and I knew that I was where I needed to be because I finally felt like I fit in as an entrepreneur, but you know, I had no money in savings to start my business. It's during the recession. It's in social media. My parents lost a lot of money and they had been helping me for a while to get my business started they had to stop doing that. And I realized at one point I was sitting in front of my financial advisor and I said, I've got to not only figure out a way to help myself save money and be able to retire at some point, but I feel like I need to help my parents with that too. Mm -hmm. So I started in this place of like really those stages where you're trying to get your airplane to go actually fly in the air. And I've got <laughs> weight bags holding yeah. it down. Cause I'm like, not only do I have to somehow feed myself and save money for myself and do all this for myself, but I also want to do that for my parents. Mm. By the way, my parents never told me that they needed me to do that for them. No, that was me, you know, assigning that responsibility to myself yeah. as an only child who, whose parents had taken such good care of her up until the time I'm, you know, this is, I'm 28 years old, 29 mm. years old. So when so that was like the, the early stages. And I had several epiphanies and awakenings around 
oh my gosh, I realized that I've got this story running behind the scenes that I can't possibly make more money than my dad did at his height in his career. Um, it's still, it's still a threshold that I'm trying to break through because it's a, he made a lot in corporate America when he was leading this ginormous division of a law of a publishing company. So I'm still working on that, but I've realized like being aware of it is wholly different than not being aware that that's something that's holding me back. I'm able to do the work to get through those other energetic blocks that I have that are surrounding that so that I can say, okay, really, it's not that that's mm. like, I'm toward it. I have that vision. I have the plan. I'm doing the actions. I'm, I'm moving in that direction. So those were interesting things in my personal life. Um, something that I don't share very often. I started the dames in May of 2015. That was our first event that we had. And I knew that from the very beginning, this was created for women running six and seven figure businesses from day one. And I hadn't actually officially hit the six figure mark when I had that first event. Mm. I was so close and I was on target that year, but it was that year that I went over the six figure mark. So this is halfway through the year. So I knew that I had to be comfortable being in a room with women who were farther along than I was. I've always been comfortable having conversations with and surrounding myself with women who are running seven figure businesses, women who make a lot more money than I do and not seeing myself as separate than them at all. Yeah. And really seeing them for the people that they are and realizing that we all have limitations and challenges and how can I, you know, really be in relationship with these people. And how can I help them in their lives? And it always has been reciprocated to me when I've looked at life that way of how can I help you? How, who do you need to know? What is it that you're struggling with? It's just so much better to be able to accelerate through those things with people who are in our lives that are around us, that can support us, that can trust us, that can help us. So those were some of the big and I think things. Again, there was something there that I really love that you did say, because this is, a, again, a conversation that can come up a lot. And I think where women take themselves out of the game, right? Yes. And frankly, sometimes it does kind of, it can lead to that sort of bitchiness, jealousy. It can sound like that. Well, it's all right for her, you know, right. or, you know, it's all right for Megan. I mean, you know, look at her, you know, she's, you know, highfalutin with her six and seven figure business owners, right? But little do they know, right? You've had to work through, right? Those insecurities in the early days, which for a lot of people can lead to, you know, massive attacks of say imposter syndrome and like, I don't belong to be here or who that, you know, who do I think I am to do this? Yet what I love about that was just about understanding where you're bringing value to the table, right? The own, you know, our value, whilst we're talking about this money, it's like we have to be really careful that we don't, you know, attach our self-worth to our bank balance, right? Which is what a lot of us do and can do and have been trained to think like that. Yep. that your self-worth is it is in the amount of revenue or what's in your bank, you know, bank account. And then we overlook all of the other places that, yeah, perhaps you didn't have the experience back then of like running a six, seven figure business, right. but you had the gift of knowing how to build community, right? Mm -hmm. And bring amazing women together that was going to benefit 
those women that were running the six and seven figure businesses. So again, it's that beautiful intersection of, you know, we don't have to take ourselves out of the game just because of one metric. It's like really looking at what are my skill sets and my natural strengths that I can bring to the table that are going to add, that's going to add value here. Absolutely. And I think that there, there's a moment that just, I remembered of meeting with one of my clients who is running a seven figure business. She's since become a dame of influence. And she was one of the first people that said to me, Megan, do you know that your value is not in what you do, but in who you be? Mm. And it was like short circuited my brain because of course I'd always been taught that you, you know, you, you are your intelligence. You are what you've created. You are yes, you are dollar figures. You are, these are things that society has been telling us for so long, but that realization for me, and then embodying that and really going through the growth of owning that to the point where I talk about that a lot now. And that if we can't value who we be inherently our own inherent self-worth and another catalyst for me was the tie between self-love and money generation. And realizing in 2012 that, holy cow, I don't have a relationship of self-love. I was constantly nurtured and loved from the outside so much that I never learned how to have a relationship with myself, to love myself. And until I did that, that was another point at which I had to you know, break out of that next bubble of, okay, I now own my value and my worth and my significance and my innate, my, my innate everything, my innate wealth. Mm. And I also had to go through, you know, I've crushed through other things that where I think, you know, health and wealth and relationship all comes together in this place of everything has to do with wealth, not just your money, your, your sustainability, your quality of life, your relationships, your quality of relationships, all of these. And if you're not working on all of them and elevating them all together, you're almost letting certain parts of yourself atrophy. So it's this constant journey of balancing and growing and building and ah, so it's so good. But when, until you own that and you understand that this is life and that there's, there's, it's never done. Your work is never, never done. done. It's never done. Never done. And I mean, I think, you know, anyone can hear just the excitement in your voice. It's so rewarding though, right. To do that. Work. Yes. It is the, you know, it's that deeper sense of personal empowerment that comes from that. Totally. And irrespective of the, the dollar bills, that's the piece. And Completely. I, and yeah. if you can't feel that in yourself, it doesn't matter what the dollar signs say at all. I would rather feel it in myself first and then watch the dollar signs be affected, which happens every single time. Yes. But you definitely have to get through those initial walls of resistance to doing the work on yourself. And I think I see that more often than anything else. It's like women who say, oh, I'm frugal. I can, you know, I don't really need to grow my business to seven figures because I can do life this way. And I'm like, yeah, but what if, like, tell me your mission. And they tell me their mission. I'm like, that sounds pretty epic. Do you think that would be easier to achieve if you're running a $10 million business than your current, you know, $100,000 business. Oh, well, I didn't think about that. Yeah. I mean, it does make it a lot easier. So I think we limit ourselves based on 
uh, based on the patriarchy, based on society, based on parents, based on, you know, so many things that we bring to the table. And I'm just here to really call women to this greater space of, and what if you got curious? What if you started looking at things in a different way? What if you surrounded yourself by the Vanessa Shaw's of the world? Like life can change and it can be even bigger and even more beautiful than it is right now. Are you willing and open to having that happen to you? Yeah, such a juicy conversation. And one of the things I think you said in there, again, just so good for everyone listening today is, you know, I think this, this, you know, we are tapping into that place where women take themselves out of the game. Oh, I don't need that. I don't really need it. I just need things simple. And it's not to say that we don't appreciate those things, but, you know, what about what you really want? right this is where women get really powerful what about tapping into you know what you really want what you really desire in this amazing journey of life um and again as you say it's like are you willing to just like you know experiment with even allowing yourself to go there for a bit like kind of opening that up because there's just so many different possibilities One place I'd quickly love to go back to because I think it's just a really important conversation and it's one that actually came up um, in quite an emotional way when you and I were working together. You joined our elite program to, you know, and we were helping you ramp up the dames, which you did phenomenally well. And there was a kind of another lurking money story that revealed itself in the middle of that, um, as it related to your relationship with your husband. Yeah. Yeah. Like just because this is one that comes up so often and it's certainly something I went through myself, but can you share a little bit more about kind of what was coming up for you and kind of what you needed to do about it as well? Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, I realized that I was definitely the breadwinner of my family. I had been bringing in more money than my husband's for for years. And I had this guilt that I was holding on around that. Like, I can't just keep leaving him in the dust. I can't just, every time I grow, I leave him in the dust more. And I, I was comparing myself to him and his growth and how fast he was growing and how, I mean, so many things that I was doing subconsciously beneath the, beneath the surface that as I was sharing with you what was going on and you helped me realize that we had not only, not only did I have my own financial thermostat, but we had a household thermostat that we were holding ourselves at. And that if we didn't start talking about that thermostat, the thermostat would control us in effect. And so you helping me realize that and call that thermostat out (laughs) as the elephant in the room, the elephant thermostat. gave us permission to enter into this conversation on a level of, yeah, there's this, still this dynamic in so many relationships of masculine and feminine of shame and guilt. And if I make more than him forever, he's going to be demasculinated or he's going to feel this way, or I'm going to feel that way. And we don't even talk about it a lot of times with our spouses when, if we could, and in my experience, when I did it, it shifted the whole thing. Like the energy dissipated around it. It didn't have to be this big, heavy, wet blanket that I was carrying around. It was really, it became this, no, actually it's, it's okay. If I do make more, more money than you forever. And Mm. it's okay. If you surpass me at some point, it doesn't really matter. Like Mm. that's not what's holding me back anymore is that thought of, oh gosh, I can't possibly make more than him forever. And I can't, 
you know, I also can't continue to be the one who saves you. Yeah. That's the other thing I realized. I can't be the one who's bailing us out of debt. I can't be the one who's doing that. I have to be responsible for my side of the equation and really make sure that I'm taking care of myself. Uh, and I think that is a big thing that a lot of women really need to realize how to take care of themselves. Absolutely. And, you know, again, emotionally, obviously physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, exactly. All of it. And financially, right. Again, it is that piece, you know, we cannot be dependent on spouses and partners to be, you know, providing everything that was certainly, you know, that was the mindset that I grew up in. I mean, you know, it was supplemental income, if anything, uh, a woman never earned more than her husband. He was a provider. You know, it goes back to me saying, hey, my kitchen is beautiful. And like, I want my business to streamline because, you know, that's, the, that's my, that was the, my housewife days, right? Of like right. running a beautiful home. And, and that's where I got my validation from, right? And I, and I did it, I did it well. But back yeah. then, that woman, that version of me never, ever, ever thought what I'm doing today was possible. She wasn't even conceiving of it, right? And that's when it comes back to like tapping into those secret desires of what do you really want and starting to kind of open the door on those things. Um, and I love that you shared that because, again, I think these conversations with our spouses often, you know, we're carrying something there, you know, we, are we projecting onto them that they will be, you know, emasculated, right? Um, I certainly was concerned, you know, again, my husband, you know, international career and had supported us for a long time. I was very concerned about the power dynamic that would happen. Um, and again, you know, we had to have numerous conversations around that. And the truth is, it wasn't him, it was me. You know, right. it was me having to shift all of my mindset. Like, really, you're okay with this? Like, yeah. really are okay with this? And they'd be like, heck, you bet I'm okay with this, you yeah. know? And as you know, I mean, he works in the business now and supports me, you know, just, just does amazing things to support. But it was me getting in my own way and projecting what I thought he was thinking kind of onto him and holding myself back for fear that our kind of marriage was going to go into a completely different place. And it has gone into a completely different place, a completely better place, you know, as a result Absolutely. of having this conversation. So, well, and I mean, if we take this really quickly, just think yeah. about the fact that if we don't talk about money more as women, we continue to hold ourselves back with these limiting beliefs that we don't even know are beneath the surface. So even me being in a mastermind with, Lisa and Macy who introduced us yeah. and another woman, we talk about money all the time in that group. And I talk about it with a lot of other dames where we, we report on what it is that we've achieved and where our goals have, where we are with our goals, where we are with things to really remove the energetic blocks to actually having those conversations. I think that's really important. If you don't have that in your life yet, as a woman business owner, please go out and find three or four other women with whom you feel really comfortable and start saying, okay, I want to have this money conversation. I want to be talking about this on a regular basis so that I can demystify and really take that stigma off of me being able to talk about money. I, yeah, I love that. It's so important. And we're going to no normalize the conversation as well. It's like, as you say, the more we share this, the more we've got women going, oh my gosh, like your money story that really resonated. It's like, let's make it, you know, normal, not awkward. Uh, exactly. Megan, oh my gosh, I could stay in this conversation 
all day long. Uh, I feel like we just scratched the surface, but this was really, really, really delightful. Um, I know that you again are up to just big, amazing things in terms of, you know, supporting, empowering, encouraging women to A, you know, boldly claim the goals that they want to go after in business and, you know, be totally okay with earning a lot of money, but really changing that conversation around networking, collaborating and supporting one another, which is a massive part of women in business and it doesn't happen often enough. So I just want to express my deep, deep gratitude to you for, you know, having just created an amazing community that I love. It's very close to my heart and that, you know, I'm a part of it in Phoenix and Scottsdale as well. And for anybody else that is listening in today, um, wherever you are in the world, because we're getting listeners already from over in Europe. I've got, you know, my girlfriends writing to me going, oh my gosh, I'm listening. Um, if you are running a six and seven figure business and you want to be a part of this amazing community, uh, just go to thedames.co. I'm gonna make sure I put some uh, notes and things in the footnotes to this podcast. But we've got people around the world joining virtually from other countries. Europe is getting represented. And of course, that's in my heart as well. So don't think you're not over here. You can't be a part of it. You can. So Megan, big hugs to you, my friend. And wishing you just a wonderful weekend ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on today. It was amazing.